Today's episode is brought to you by Get Your Guide. Want to make your next trip unforgettable? There's an easy way to do that. Book a Get Your Guide travel experience. No matter where your travels take you, Get Your Guide offers the best way to connect with your destination. Choose from over 100,000 travel experiences in the U.S. and around the world with Get Your Guide. Whether it's the Sherlock Holmes tour in London, the night helicopter flight over Las Vegas, or whitewater rafting in the Grand Canyon, whatever you're into, you'll find an experience you love. Discover and book your next unforgettable travel experience at GetYourGuide.com. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Today's episode is brought to you by Alienware. During Dell Tech Fest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop, powered by an Intel Core i9 processor, featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Your dream setup, amazing prices, and free shipping await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. Beyond Zero is Toyota's vision of a carbon-neutral future and more. Toyota gives you the power to reduce carbon emissions and help move toward its vision with a wide selection of electrified vehicles. Whether you're into hybrid EVs for that traditional Toyota feel with better MPG, battery EVs for a smooth and silent ride, or plug-in hybrid EVs that switch between battery and fuel, Toyota has you covered. And for those who prefer hydrogen, Toyota's fuel cell EVs emit nothing but water vapor from the tailpipe. So cool. Giving you the choice on how to reduce carbon emissions and move closer to Toyota's Beyond Zero Vision. Visit toyota.com slash electrified vehicles slash beyond dash zero dash vision. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome to Stuff from the Science Lab from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey guys, and welcome to the podcast. This is Allison Laddermilk, the science editor at HowStuffWorks.com. And this is Robert Lamb, science writer at HowStuffWorks.com. Today we're uh, we're going to start things off a little differently. We're yeah. going to do a, um, a blindfolded sniff test. So Robert, why don't you kick it off? Okay. Uh, well, I'm already blindfolded, so let's do it. Okay, so All I'm right. going to hand you a book. All right. And I want you to sniff the book and tell me what it smells like. All right, let me see. Let's see. Ah. <sighs> Oh, let's see. I'm picking up a combination of grassy notes, um, tang of acids, hint of vanilla, um, and just an underlying mustiness. Hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this is probably Clifford D. Simic's uh, 1967 sci-fi novel, The Werewolf Principle. Excellent, Robert. Oh yeah, I got it. Yeah, see, I, I thought it had that signature uh, sort of old sci-fi, um, you know, bookstore kind of odor to it. You know, and just a little hint of loneliness. All right, my turn. Okay, go for it. Put the blindfold on. Okay. 
All right. All right. I will be begin commencing my sniff. What am I smelling? I'm smelling cats. Something with cats. Um, I'm smelling. Ooh, this is nice. Like a, a faint hint of somebody pressing flowers between the pages. Ooh, there's a whiff of drugstore perfume. I think maybe Lady Stetson or something. Oh, ooh, a little bit of steam. Somebody might have gotten a little sweaty with this book. Oh, I know what it is. This has to be Ruthless Billionaire Inexperienced Mistress by Robin McDonald. That's it. You got it exactly right. Yeah, Harlequin Romance, classic. Yeah, I'm not through with it yet, so hand it back. <laughs> so books smell, right? Depending on who has them in their hands. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the great things about books. Like, I will never... Well, I, won't say never, but I'm really opposed to the idea of going over to the Kindle or any kind of uh, digital uh, book reading device because uh, they're not uh, odoriferous. Yeah, I just like the, the the smell of a good book. You know, I do too. I definitely do. I actually like books so much and the smell of them that I once considered becoming a librarian just for the smell, just so you get your your a constant daily fix of book funk. Yeah, I think it was that and some other things, but yeah, yeah. definitely. So books smell depending on who's reading them. They also smell on depending on what they're made of, you know. It's not just the paper, it's the binding, it's the ink, it's the cover, it's the the leather perhaps if you have some sort of fine volume in your hands. Um, their reflection, the smell reflects what adventures they've survived. Uh yeah, uh, or or just the environments they've uh they've been through. Um, you know, if, if uh you know, you encounter this whenever you go to a used bookstore. You know, you get one that smells uh, really strongly of cigarette smoke. Well, it probably spent a lot of time in a, a heavy smoker's house. Um, if it uh, smells like cat pee, well, then it was probably owned by a cat lady. Or uh, a cat man. <laughs> or a cat man, yes. But I think they're also called cat ladies in most cases. Scientifically speaking, what's going on to make a book smell? Well, it's getting older, as everything does, and it's degrading. And in old books and documents, that aging process shows itself in one way by releasing volatile organic compounds, or VOCs, as we know them. And those VOCs are what you smell when you breathe in a really nice, delightful, musty odor. So besides telling you a little bit about the person who owned the book, smell also matters because it can be indicative of the condition of the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like... Uh on a very basic level, um, if it's been in a, a, everybody's probably picked up a book before that's where the pages are really brittle and dry, you know, uh, the book's dried out. It's like a mummy. Um, there are cases uh, too where uh, you know, they end up uh, having some uh, some outright water damage, or they're they're kind of uh, kind of stuck together like a big clump, right? But uh, at the at the heart of everything, you have uh, the oxidation of cellulose in the paper. All right. And so, is that what most books are made of these days? Cellulose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's the the heart of the. Um, I mean, it's in the wood. It's been it's made into the pulp. It's made into the paper, um, and all this stuff is breaking down. It's basically, you know, it's it's rotting. The book the book is rotting, um, no matter how um, how beautiful the content uh, is, you know. Um, and uh, the the interesting uh, thing is that we can uh, apparently there are like two hundred different compounds. All right. That uh, that we're smelling when we smell one of these old books, and around to, uh, ten to fifteen of these uh, can actually tell us some uh, very interesting things about uh, about what's happening to the book, and maybe even like how much uh, longer it has. Right, because I mean nobody's going to care about whether my Harlequin romance or sorry Robert your sci-fi survives into the the next century, but you know we do get pretty concerned about 
books of notes, say, you know, Charles Darwin's first edition of On the Origin of Species, published mm-hmm. back in 1859. Right. I mean, I'm assuming a lot of people would like to have that book around for a generation. Yeah, also original letters, um, you know, diary pages. We still have pieces of paper that, uh, you know, Leonardo da Vinci wrote on, and uh, we'd like to, you know, keep those for a while longer. Right, love letters, mm-hmm. laws drafted up. Yeah, important documents. Sure, sure. So scientists realize, I think, the importance that all these paper documents and books have in our culture. And um, a particular group of scientists has developed a scientific sniff test, if you will. And the scientists in question are out of the Center for Sustainable Heritage at the University College London. And they actually quantified the smell of old books by analyzing the VOCs that these books off-gas. And they did it by GCMS. And GCMS is Gas Chromatography Mass Spectrometry. And the scientists in question, they actually sampled 72 different paper specimens in all sorts of states of decay, and they wanted to see what VOCs their uh, their samples were going to release. Okay, great. So they collect all this data. Well, what they were looking for is they wanted to see if particular VOCs correlated with what state the, the book was in, and they found 15 candidates that seemed like they might function as good indicators of the condition a particular piece of paper or book is in. Great. So what, what ramifications does this have for you? Well... It means that um, somebody who's looking to preserve a certain book or who works with rare books on a frequent basis isn't going to have to actually handle it as other methods might dictate. They're going to be able to test these ancient books and see what condition they're in. And eventually they might actually have a handheld electronic nose, according to the study's author. Well, I'm picturing that as, uh, as basically a little handheld device that has like the big fake plastic nose at the end of it. Maybe <laughs> that like throbs back and forth as it sniffs. Yeah, or maybe kind of like uh, Samantha and Bewitched. You know, it kind of... Oh, it, it, yeah, the kind of... <laughs> thing. Yeah. And it's not to say that people handling old books don't have other methods of telling what condition a particular book is in, but uh, such methods like pH analysis or paper folding, infrared spectroscopy, they, they involve handling the book and thus potentially damaging it in the process. Right, yeah. We get oils from our hand on it and just, you know... We're rough on the material. Yeah, maybe a droplet of sweat, mm-hmm. you know, forms on your forehead and, and then slow motion. <laughs> this completely turns it to dust right there. Can you imagine? So what types of paper do you stand the test of time if it's not cellulose like we talked about before? Uh, well, actually, one of the best examples of uh, durable paper uh, you can uh, you can find in your wallet, uh, and that's uh, currency. Uh, currency paper uh, is actually uh, actually not paper in a traditional sense. Uh, there are no wood fibers or starch in it. Uh, instead, it's a blend of cotton and linen fibers, you know, pressed together and uh, and uh, and uh, blended into this uh, really, you know, firm uh, parchment that has to be handled on a regular basis. Um, and of course, some of uh, some of our oldest written texts are not on paper at all. For instance, uh, we found uh, 8,600-year-old uh, tortoise shells in China that bear uh, writing. There um, in the Indus Valley, they found uh, uh, 5,500-year-old uh, pottery jars. So uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe paper isn't the way to go, or the uh, the Kindle, it's pottery jars. So you like to write in your free time, right? I, I try and fit it in. So after doing this podcast, what are you going to do to ensure that your uh, your words survive? Well, I was thinking about the tur- the tortoise shells, but um, that does sound kind of beautiful to me. Yeah, but also kind not- of. Cruel. So, I don't. Yeah. I don't really want a bunch of turtles to die so that 
Your uh, writing can survive. My writing yeah. can survive. A little egocentric there, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, unless, I guess you could put it on the outside of the turtle while it's alive, but then it's like, how are you going to, you know, tell people where to pick up your, you know, your new short story or book, you know? Well, you could set the turtle on a course, you know? You yeah. could train the turtle to, to go on a certain course so that people can enjoy your reading. You know, you could train the turtle. Well, that's, a, that's an extra step I'd hate to have to take is turtle training on top of, of writing and, and editing and all. Uh, so hey, I've got to throw that one out. And I, I'm, I'm not a big fan. I mean, the internet's awesome, but there's a part of me that, that thinks and another part that kind of hopes that it won't last forever. So. Really? Yeah, I don't know. There's just, I don't know. The internet. It's just kind of tacky. <sighs> Sorry, internet. So, uh, actually, um, for, for these reasons, I've uh, chose to go, chosen to go in a different direction. Uh, and for, and, uh, that's why you can look for my, uh, my latest, uh, collection of short stories, um, wherever, uh, Ayurvedic, uh, palm leaf manuscripts are sold. Great. Thanks, Robert. And, uh, if you'd like to tell us about your adventures with book sniffing or, uh, home libraries or... Or book huffing. I wonder if anybody actually huffs books. Yeah, send us an email at sciencestuff at howstuffworks.com. Or you can always go read about home libraries, books, and lots more. Yeah, and while you're at it, come check out the blogs where, uh, you know, we update it several times per week with, uh, whatever our current scientific thoughts are. I think there's one on the P-Funk mothership. There is. All right, that's all we got. Thanks for listening, guys. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more HowStuffWorks? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your life sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.